So I'm Pastor Louie, and uh, today we're having some guests here that are very, very dear friends of uh, TLC, have been friends of TLC forever, uh, close friends with Howard and Ramona, Pastor Howard and Pastor Ramona. And uh, let me just tell you about Marlene and Bruce Laurent. Uh, Pastor Bruce committed his life to the Lord in 1986 after being mirac- miraculously delivered from drugs and alcohol. Bruce received his licensing and ordination credentials from Jacksonville Theological Seminary in May of 1992. And he graduated from Luther Rice Seminary with a BA in Biblical Studies in January of 1993. In October of 93, Bruce and his wife, Marlene, began Church on the Rock in Flagler County. As you go north on US 1, just out of Benel, it's on the right. It's a beautiful, beautiful testament to their hard work, their labor and what they have sown into the gospel. In 1998, Marlene was ordained through the Church on the Rock to assist her husband Bruce in the work of the ministry. And together, they have ministered to local bodies as well as throughout the country and through a jail chaplaincy and numerous outreach ministries. In 2013, Bruce and Marlene were ordained by the Network of Ecclesia International under Dutch Sheets and Ken Malone. As Jewish believers in Jesus, Bruce and Marlene's greatest passion is to teach and inform the body of Christ of their Jewish roots and their significance in the feasts of the Lord. After transforming out of the role of senior pastors, they've been commissioned to carry out this calling throughout God's original plan ministries in Romans 11, 13 and 14. We welcome you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Ramona said to me, why isn't Bruce mic'd? I said, because he's not speaking. She said, what? Um, Bruce, I know if I, if I told Bruce to come up here, he would be speaking for a long time. Bruce, Bruce has, one, uh, has the gift of continuation. You know, we have all the gifts in the, in the Bible. Bruce's gift is the gift of continuation. Um, but uh, I, I didn't realize that Pastor Louie was going to read the, the whole bio from, from our website. But, um, yeah, Bruce and I, um, since we turned the mantle over to, from the Church on the Rock, uh, we've been working, uh, doing God's original plan ministries. And um, as Jewish believers, we do have a heart to, to reach people um, so that they know the significance of, of their Jewish roots. And um, that's, I was actually prepared to do a teaching. I, I told Pastor Ramona that I was going to do a teaching on, uh, on Purim because Purim's coming up very soon. Um, but the Lord does what he wants when he wants. And um, up until last night, I was going to do a teaching on Purim. But... Uh, I was talking to Bruce about some things that the Lord uh, had been showing me, and, and Bruce said, Marlene, if, if that's the word that the Lord has given you, that's the word you have to bring forth. And I will tell you this, teaching on the feasts is my comfort zone. I'm very comfortable doing that. What I'm going to do today is very far out of my comfort zone. Especially that it's, it was put together so quickly um, last night. And so I'm going to just ask you to please pray for me. <laughs> uh, bear with me. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be uh, long, short. It could be 10 minutes. It could be an hour. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever Holy Spirit wants to do. But I have to bring forth the word that, that the Lord has shown me. Uh, as it pertains to today, because the Holy Spirit always has a now word, a word for now. So uh, I can't get away from these things that he's he's been showing me. And um, so uh, I just pray that I could bring it forth the way he wants it to be brought forth. So if you would just just pray with me right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just um, ask you, Holy Spirit, to have your perfect will and way. 
in this service today, Lord. Holy Spirit, you downloaded this stuff to me, and I just want to bring it out the way you gave it to me, Lord. And I just ask you to anoint my tongue, Lord God. I, I just uh, I surrender my, myself to you. Uh, I bind my soulish nature, and I just allow you, Holy Spirit, to use me as your instrument and your vessel. And I give you all the praise and honor and the glory in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Oh, well. <laughs> I anoint you right now with the glory of God to bring forth his word as never before. I bind all uh, fear in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I loose the power of the Holy Spirit through this awesome woman of God. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 I'm not in fear because fear is, an, you know, yeah, I'm excited. Excitement is an extension of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not nervous because nervous is an extension of fear. No, I am excited. Uh, okay, so as uh, Pastor Louis said, Bruce and I were ordained uh, under the uh, ministry of Dutch Sheets and uh, Ken Malone. So I don't know how many of you uh, have the... Given 15 app on your phone. If, have you even heard of the Given 15 app? No. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well. Well, uh, you go. All you have to do, you know, how you get apps. I'm not real tech savvy, but you know how you get apps on your phone. You go to the Play Store or whatever it is. Well, download the Give Him 15 app, and that's a it's it's a prayer application. Uh, from Dutch Sheets Ministry, and there's there's probably like 300,000, 400,000 people that have this app right now, and every day a word is released, and everybody's reading that word together and then praying into that word together. So there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are praying, you know, the same thing at the same, well, maybe not the same time, but the same thing each day. And so... Uh, I love I love that Given 15 app and and uh, if you're YouTube people, um, the Given 15 uh, message every day is put out on YouTube every morning, so you can go to YouTube and look up Given 15 and you can get the today's word from that as well. So uh, I said all that to say this: it was uh, on uh, February 1st, February 1st, that um, Dutch on the Given 15 app had a word from his brother, Tim Sheets. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Tim Sheets, but he is an extremely anointed uh, prophetic preacher. And, I mean, he's, he's just... I, I, I was at one of his meetings one time, and he was talking, and he just waved his hand like this. And when he waved his hand, I said, Oh, my gosh, Bruce, did you feel that anointing? It just flowed from him. Very powerful. Anyway, he, Dutch had a, a, a word from his brother on the Given 15 app, and it was about the, the full measure of Jesus, the full measure of Jesus. And it was actually excerpts from a message that he preached to his church in Ohio um, the beginning of, of, of the year, the beginning of January. And um, if, if you've not heard that message, I encourage you to go on YouTube and look up the full measure of Jesus, Tim Sheets, and, and listen to that message. It's only 58 minutes long, but it is, it is powerful, very, very powerful. But there was one sentence uh, of that that was written out in the Given 15 um, that really jumped off the page to me. Because remember, I was planning, because I've known for a while that we were coming here on February 12th. Uh, I love having my monthly luncheons with, with Pastor Ramona. And, uh, you know, she's, she's my girl, you know. And so she told me quite a while ago, or asked me quite a while ago, to, to come on February 12th. So I had already had it in my mind that I was going to do a teaching on Purim because we're close to... Uh, to pour them. It'll be actually next month. But um, when I heard this one sentence, it confirmed to me that I need to be teaching on Purim because this is what it said. It said, in 2023, I believe the church of Jesus Christ will rise into much greater influence and be seen standing by her king. 
And like Esther, she will see nations transformed, Haman's overcome, and laws reversed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very powerful word. And so, I, again, I said, good, that confirms Purim. Yes, because he talked about Esther. So that was my confirmation. But then he went on to say this. He said that Holy Spirit spoke to him, and listen closely to this. This is so powerful. He said, the world will see a much bolder New Testament church in 2023. It will see a very aggressive ecclesia. And in case you don't know that, ecclesia is the word that when Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. That word church in the Greek is ecclesia. And it means the governing body of Christ in the earth. The governing body of Christ in the earth. So it says he will, it will see a very aggressive ecclesias moving into their territories. <clears throat> Excuse me. Declaring God's word and refusing to back down from it. For the world will see a very bold King Jesus. They will see his kingdom rising in greater glory and prominence. The world's definition of who Jesus is will not define him or confine him. Yes, he is the loving king, the caring king, the forgiving king, but he is also the king who will not wink at sin, pride, rebellion, iniquity, or lawlessness. He will not be the passive king who shrugs at covenant breaking or idol worship. He will not take a back seat to Baal, and he will not allow Lucifer to have his way. The world will now see a mighty king who handles conflict well. Great word. Uh, I, there's so much more to what he spoke uh, that day. And, and again, I, I encourage you to listen to that message in its entirety. There's a portion in there where he actually speaks about the, the first prophecy of the New Testament, which just blew my mind, um, which we, we've read it a million times but never really thought about what it was saying. And that was when Mary spoke we they they call it the magnificant when mary sings the song of praise um but in that she actually prophesies she actually prophesies about what the lord is going to do and i'm not going to get into it because that's a whole nother message but but just go to your bibles and read luke 1 50 through 55 you've read the the, the christmas story if you will so many times but Focus in on Luke 1, 50 through 55. It will literally excite you to no end. And, uh, and then, of course, listen to uh, Tim Sheets' message on it. Crazy. It's just amazing. Anyway, <clears throat> that was February 1st. On February 7th, Chuck Pierce gave Dutch a single phrase on Given 15. And he said, I'm not even sure what this means. Now, how many of you have heard of Chuck Pierce? Okay, a few of you. Okay, well, Chuck Pierce gave this word to Dutch. And he said, I'm not even sure what all it means, but I keep hearing it in my spirit. And he said, all I hear is there will be a return to Gilgal. There will be a return to Gilgal. And when you study Gilgal, and of course, Dutch went into studying the whole meaning of Gilgal. It's the place where sin, shame, bondage is rolled away from the people of God. And so he said, there will be a return to Gilgal. So as I continued reading, <clears throat> given 15 that day, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just began to bring back to my remembrance a scripture that, that he had me focused on uh, really starting in uh, when the pandemic started in 2020. I mean, I was so zeroed in on these verses, and I couldn't, could not get away from them. And I really expected to see them come about in 2020. But it, it really didn't. And, and so I, I've been pondering this for, you know, the last couple of years. But... The scripture verses that the Holy Spirit brought back to me, and I, at that point I knew that there was something he wanted to speak to me pertaining to that. And so I went back to these verses, and it, it's from Malachi 3, 
And most of you are going, is she going to go Malachi 3.10 about tithing? No. No. It's Malachi 3.16 through 18. Malachi 3.16 through 18. Listen to these verses. Verse 16 says this. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. And in his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. I'm just going to stop there for a second. I need you to understand this is so powerful. The Lord listens to every conversation that we have. He listens to every conversation that we have, and he's listening to hear are his children talking about him. And when they're talking about him, are they talking about and lifting him up and praising his name? And are they, are they encouraging others to know him and love him and know, get to, to have that personal relationship with him? He loves to listen to his children have their conversation. But it says that a scroll of remembrance is written. So every time that we're talking about the Lord and he's listening, he's writing down your name on this scroll of remembrance. And one day you're going to stand before him and he's going to say, do you remember when that day when you were talking to so-and-so? I was so delighted in you that day. It pleased me so much to hear you talk about me and lift me up. To those that you were talking to. It's so powerful. That's why whenever, whenever I'm out anywhere in a group of people and we're going to pray, especially when, when we sit down to eat and we, and we pray before we eat, one of the things that I always, always say is let our conversation be edifying to one another and glorifying to you, Lord. Because he's listening. He's listening to every word that we say. And it delights him when he hears his kids bragging on him and talking about him. So that's verse 16. The the scroll of remembrance is, is written in his presence. But then the Lord goes on to say this. He says, they will be my people says the Lord of heaven's armies. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. And I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. And then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like I said, that, that's been a scripture that I've been focused on heavily since 2020 because I've been looking and waiting for this distinction this this great distinction and I know I know that 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 the Lord watches over his children I know that and and he delivers us from from things I know that but I'm talking about a real distinction that the world will see that's what I've been waiting for and It didn't come about in 2020. And so I began this time now when the Lord was speaking this to me, I just began to meditate on you will again see the difference. You will again see the distinction. And, and, you know, depending on the translation that you read, you'll, you'll see the word distinction, you'll see the word distinguish, you'll see the word difference, but it all means the same thing. It it means to recognize or treat someone or something as different, as a contrast that sets someone or something apart from the others. I'm waiting for that true distinction. So, again, God said you will again see this distinction. So I began to think, okay, Lord, when did we see it before? When did we see this kind of distinction before? And the Lord took me back to Exodus. You have to go back to Exodus. And we all know the account of of Moses, uh, when Moses and Aaron went back to Egypt because the Lord had told him, you're going to go back and you're going to deliver my children out of Egypt. 
okay? And, and uh, Moses and, and Aaron go to Pharaoh and, and tell him, let my people go so that they can go and worship me. And, and Pharaoh hardens his heart and he wouldn't listen to the Lord. And then the Lord brought upon the nation of, of Egypt plagues. He brought plagues. And that's when the Holy Spirit began flooding my heart and mind with the impact of this and, and how it applies to us today. And I pray that I can, I can give it to you the way the Lord gave it to me. Now, the first three plagues that the Lord brought upon Egypt was the turning of the water into blood, frogs, and gnats. Those were the first three plagues. Now, what has always amazed me about those those first, really the first couple of plagues, the water into, into blood and, and, and the frogs, because let's face it, the water, all the their water source is completely contaminated, okay? And then the frogs, remember it says that the frogs came up and, and imagine the smell, but they came up and, and they were in their beds, they were in their cooking things, and they were everywhere. It, uh, the frogs were literally everywhere. And to me, that's pestilence. I mean, that was pestilence in the land. But what always amazed me about this is that when the Lord brought these, two, these plagues specifically, the blood and the frogs, it said that Pharaoh and his magicians did the same thing. I mean, as bad as these plagues were, the administration decided that they were going to make it even worse by doing the same thing. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, just be, you, you'll begin to see where I'm headed here, okay? The government, the administration, was making things worse. Things were already bad, and they decided by, you know, just ignoring and disobeying God, they were, and they were going to make it worse, and they brought about even greater plague than what needed to be. Now, understand this, that... Those first three plagues, the children of Israel were experiencing and being subjected to and having to endure those plagues right along with everybody in Egypt. So they, they had to endure this as well. Okay? They had to, to endure the contaminated water. They had to endure the, the, the frogs. They had to endure uh, the, the gnats. But we also know that God's word says to us that it rains on the just and the unjust. So we, we get that. But get this with the frogs. This is another thing that always, always amazed me about this. Moses says to Pharaoh, says to the leader of the land, you set the time when you want these plagues to, to go away. When you want all the frogs to disappear, you set the time. And Pharaoh says, tomorrow. I mean, if you were being plagued by pestilence and you were asked, when do you want this to end? I'd be screaming, this second, right now. No, no, he says, tomorrow. And that is what happens when you have a government that just refuses to hear the word of the Lord that just refuses to do what God wants them to do. They just, they just keep everything prolonged. So the children of Israel had to deal with this pestilence longer than they needed simply because the leader of the land refused to acknowledge and obey God. And today we, the children of God, are experiencing and having to endure these awful things in our, our nation today. I mean, look around at our nation. Did you ever, in your wildest dreams, think that the things that are going on now in this country would ever happen? No. It was like, are you kidding me? But we, as the children of God, we are still having to be subjected to and we still are having to endure this craziness, whether it's COVID-19 or inflation or crime or, or perversion or I mean, all this stuff. We're, we're experiencing the effects of this as well. Yes, 
Just like the children of Israel experienced those three plagues. So that's, the Lord showed me that's where you are. Because I kept saying, Lord, where's the distinction? Where's the distinction? But the Lord showed me the children of Israel had to endure those things as well. But we have leaders in our country now that not only don't acknowledge God or obey God's word, but they willfully and arrogantly mock and rebel against him. And our nation is under judgment. Our nation is under judgment. God cannot bless a nation that is doing the things that this nation is doing right now. His word says in Psalm 33, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And for a a long, long time from the inception of our country, we were blessed because we were one nation under God. We were founded on godly principles. God blessed us tremendously. But I believe that God can no longer pour out his blessing on this nation. Not when we have leaders that willfully and arrogantly go against everything that he says is right. Evil is called good and good is called evil. Now, when it, now I want to make sure that we understand something. That God does protect his children in the midst of it. Okay? God does protect us. You know, I remember uh, back in 1990, Pastor Marvin Cain, uh, one of the best preachers ever. Um, he used to say to us back in the 90s, early 90s, you know, if gas ever goes to $5, God will always give you $5 and a nickel. Amen. And it's the truth. He does take care of his children. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord God, our provider. Okay? And our God does supply you know, our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we know that God takes care of his children. However, as a nation, God judges nations. And as a nation, we are being judged. Okay, so we need to understand that. Now, when it came to the plague of gnats, now remember, the, with the blood and the frogs, uh, Pharaoh's magicians were creating the same thing. They turned more water, water to blood. They, they brought more frogs up out of the rivers. Okay? But when it came to the gnats, uh, it says that his officials were unable to do the same thing. Thank God, huh? I mean, who needs more gnats? But at this time, it says that some of them began to realize, you know what? This could be the finger of God. They began, their eyes began to be opened, some of them. Their eyes began to be opened. And I believe that there are many in our government today that their eyes are beginning to open. And, you know, those that are trying to do the right thing are getting, you know, just, I don't want to use the word crucified, but they they are just coming under such condemnation because they're standing against, you know, what, what is happening. So their eyes are opening. They, they understand that this could be the finger of God. But understand this too, that, that there were many Israelites that succumbed to the plagues of Egypt right along with the Egyptians. And we've seen that today as well. We've seen that today as well. We continue to see it rain on the just and the unjust. But, but there came a day when God made a clear distinction between his people and the Egyptians. Exodus 8, 23, God said, I will make a clear distinction between my people and your people. I will make a clear distinction. And this miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. So... I think of that song, the sun will come out tomorrow. So we're waiting on tomorrow. We're waiting on that tomorrow. But I believe it's coming. 
And from that day on, from that day on, God's people were protected from the rest of the plagues. There was flies, the death of livestock, boils, hail. They were not affected at all by those plagues. Not even a little bit. There was that clear distinction. Egypt was suffering. Goshen was not. And that's where the children of God lived. Now, when it got to the hail, okay, remember now Egypt's gone through all of this stuff. When it got to the hail plague, Pharaoh's officials began really to fear the Lord and to follow his word. Because remember, Moses said, you better get your livestock and your people, your servants, in from the fields because anything out there is going to be destroyed. And Pharaoh was like, but some of his officials were like, uh, yeah, and they pulled their, their people and their livestock in. Okay, So they were beginning to follow the word of the Lord. And when the locusts came, the officials now were so convinced that they needed to change their ways and, and, and follow the, the, the word of God and line up with God's values that they began pleading with Pharaoh, uh, to, you've got to do things according to the word of God. Don't you see? Egypt is in ruins. And I believe there's going to come that day where there's going to be enough people in our government whose eyes have been opened that they're going to be running to, to the head, the president, and saying, oh my gosh, we have got to change this. We've got to go in a different direction. Because they're going to see that distinction, that clear distinction between the people of God and the people of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, they saw that Egypt was in ruins. And let's face it, our country is in ruins. But the children of Israel were protected from every single one of those disasters. Every single one. Then came the three days of darkness. Three days of total black darkness that they couldn't even see their hand in front of their face, but there was light in the homes of the children of God. We're going to see that type of distinction. And then finally, God executed his final judgment against Egypt with the death of the firstborn. But his children were protected by the blood of the lamb. And that was the first Passover. And during that first Passover, God warned his children. He said, put the blood on the doorpost, but then go inside and do not open the door. Do not open the door to the outside. And God is still telling his children, you need to stay under the blood covering of the Lamb of God and do not open any doors to what the world is doing. You need to keep that door closed. He's still warning us. Keep the door closed to all the perversion. Keep the door closed to all the chaos. Keep the door closed to all of the the lies and the corruption and everything else. Keep the door closed. And I will go so far as to say this. I would even stop watching the news. Because... All it does is, is, is bring all that garbage into you, you know, into your eyes, your ears, your hearing. You're depressed. You get angry. I mean, how many, how many of us have listened to things that are going on in our government and we start literally cursing the, the government? Oh, my, you know, I mean, we had, Bruce and I had to repent because we were saying some really nasty things about some of the people in our government. And we had, to, we had to come to that place of repentance and saying, you know what, God, you, you died for them too. You love them too. So, I mean, Bruce actually put a picture of, of Joe Biden up on his wall because the Lord gave him a vision of Joe Biden sitting there with flames all around him. And, and so Bruce put that up on his wall and he, he prays for him for his salvation every single day. 
So, you know, we, we, we have to make sure that we, we are under the blood of the lamb and we keep the door closed. Keep the door closed. Now, I believe there's going to be a, a, a lot more shaking that's going to go on. There's a lot more shaking that's going to happen. Okay? And it's important that we're behind that closed door under the blood of the lamb. Okay? But I believe with all my heart, and I have to believe this because God brought it to me. I have to believe that that clear distinction is about to happen. And when I listened to, to that message from Tim Sheets and he was talking about what was going to happen with the body of Christ in 2023 and, you know, and, 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 and then Chuck Pierce saying there's going to be a return to Gilgal, I have to believe that that distinction is going to happen very soon. Very soon. I believe we're going to see God deal with those in positions of leadership. In our government, and there will be many who will begin to fear the Lord and change their ways or perish under the weight of his judgment. Again, this pertains to what I said before about Luke 1, 50 to 55. Wait till you read that. You're going to love that. When Mary, when you hear what Mary says about the mighty on their thrones being pulled down, I mean, think about what, when that was. But when you study that, oh my gosh, it, well, I, I, I don't want to get off on another thing. Huh? Oh. All right, all right, all right. It's Luke chapter 1. Why I brought a Bible with such little print, I don't know. Okay. Mary, Mary's talking about, you know, how she, my soul magnifies the Lord. You remember that, you know, she's, she's talking about how the Lord has regarded her humble estate, but, but she goes on after that in verse 50. And she says, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. And he has shown strength with his arm and he has scattered the proud in the in the imagination of their hearts and he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty and he has helped his servant Israel. Now it it, actually in the uh, new living translation, it says it even better, but it, 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 you're, you're seeing that she's saying God is going to take down those mighty rulers who think that they know everything and they don't have to listen to God. They don't, they don't need God. They got it all together. He's going to pull them down and he's going to replace them with humble servants of the most high God. And I believe we're going to see that in our government. I believe we're going to see that in our government. Now, uh, they're either going to change their hearts, change their ways, or they're going to feel the full weight of the judgment of God. Now, in Exodus 12, 35 through 36, it says, because now at this point, Pharaoh says, get out of here. You know, just take everything and just go. But they didn't just go. They didn't leave empty-handed. The scriptures tell us that they literally stripped the wealth from Egypt. They left with the wealth of the nation. So I believe we're going to see that as well. I believe we're going to see the, the children of God are going to have the wealth of this nation. Because we know how to handle wealth. We know what to do with it. We further the kingdom of God with it. So the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, it says in Proverbs 13, 22. And that's going to be part of the distinction as well. And then finally, in Exodus 12, 38, it says that when the children of Israel left, many Egyptians joined them. Many Egyptians joined them. And I believe with this distinction that is coming, this clear distinction that 
People are going to be looking, the people of the world are going to be looking at the, the children of God and we're going to be sitting in peace and joy when they're in t- fear and torment and we're going to be prospering in, 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 and I'm not just talking about money. We're going to be prospering in health. We're going to be prospering in, in everything of our lives. And they're going to be looking at us and saying, how is this happening? What is it that you have that I don't have? I need whatever it is that you've got. And that is going to be the time when we will shine like shining stars. We're going to be bringing people into the kingdom of God. We're going to be sharing with them the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going to be leading them into salvation because they're going to, you know, we got to know what, what, what you have. They're going to be flocking to us. And we have to be ready. We have to be ready to to bring them in, to disciple them and raise them up so that they can reach others. You know, it's just the the, the scripture, I I don't remember where it's from, where it says that in that day, uh, 10 people will grab the, the robe of one Jew and say, take us to the Messiah. Thank you. Zechariah 8, in case you didn't hear that. But that's what's going to happen. They're going to be holding on to us saying, please, take me to wherever it is that I need to go in order to get what you have. The peace, the joy, the health. Those are all things that we have as children of God. I believe we're going to see such a tremendous awakening. And we're going to see a harvest of millions of souls into the kingdom of God. So what do we do as we wait for all of this to come about? Well, I'm going to finish up with this. And believe it or not, it's going to go right into Purim. I'm going to finish up with the end of my message of Purim. Because it's very powerful. And we're going to go back to the the end of the book of Esther. Okay, what do we need to do? How do we wait for this distinction? What do we do while we're waiting? Now, if you don't know the account of Esther, how many of you have read the book of Esther? Okay, uh, so I don't need to, to, to you know, give you the whole background of, of the story of Esther, but just, just to suffice to know that uh, Esther becomes queen, all right, and... There's a guy by the name of Haman who hates the Jews, and he goes and convinces the king to put out an edict that on, on such and such a day, uh, all the Jews throughout the, the, the nation will be destroyed. Okay, simply because a Jew named Mordecai refused to bow to Haman. Okay, well, anyway, so the edict is out there. And understand that when the edict went out, it was sealed with the king's signet ring. And when, a king, when the king sealed something with his signet ring, it meant that it was irrevocable. Whatever decree was put out, it is now irrevocable because it's sealed with the king's signet ring. Now, in Esther chapter 8, verse 2, it says the king's signet ring was now given to Mordecai. So Mordecai, because Esther went before the king and you know the whole story, you know, it turns out Haman gets hung on the gallows that he meant to, to hang Mordecai. But Mordecai is raised up to a high position in the kingdom, and the king gives him his signet ring. Now, Mordecai now, with the signet ring of, of the king, he now has the authority to make decrees on the king's behalf. So a decree is sent out overruling the decree of the, of the enemy and the Jews defeat their enemies and celebrate the victory. All right, that's it in a nutshell. They overturn the evil decree by making a new decree in the name of the king. Now, I pray that you understand this by the spirit. No matter how bad it gets, God's deliverance is always one step ahead of the enemy's destruction. God's deliverance is always one step ahead of the enemy's destruction. 
And we as faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been given the king's signet. We've been given that signet. Okay? We've been given the keys to the kingdom. Jesus told us that we have the authority to make decrees on the king's behalf. He said, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you bind, whatever you decree to be unlawful has already been decreed unlawful in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, whatever you decree to be lawful has already been loosed as, as lawful in heaven. So we have the authority, we have the power, and we have the authority to make decrees on behalf of King Jesus. Okay? Now, the enemy has kept God's children in fear and bondage long enough. We must understand the power and the authority that's been given to us in the name of Jesus. We sang about that name this morning. There's no other name that matters. That name is the name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess in heaven and on earth and below the earth that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We have the power and authority to make kingly decrees and understand when it's, it's a kingly decree sealed with the signet ring of the, of the king, it is irrevocable. When we decree that thing, it is irrevocable. Now, just make sure that when you, what you're decreeing lines up with the word of God. Okay? Don't go trying to decree, I decree I'll have a million dollars by next year. You know, that ain't going to work. Okay? We're decreeing on behalf of our king. We're speaking what he's speaking. We're declaring his word into the earth. But we have every right to believe that when we decree his word, it will come about. It is irrevocable. So, what do we need to do? We need to start decreeing the decrees of our king. We need to start decreeing the decrees of our king over our loved ones, our homes, our schools, our workplaces, our communities, our state, our nation. We need to destroy the works of the enemy. We need to take back what the enemy has stolen. We need to advance the kingdom of God. And we need to celebrate the victory. Amen? Because let's face it, brothers and sisters, we have come to this place for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Hallelujah. So let's start decreeing. Let's start making some decrees. Let's, you got some decrees to decree? <laughs> okay. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we, we take this responsibility of, of taking your signet ring, Lord God. We take it. We've, you've given us the keys of the kingdom, Lord God, and we take those kings, uh, keys now, and we declare and decree over our nation in the name of Jesus that we will be a nation under God, that we will have leaders that will bow their knees in the name of Jesus. We will have leaders who will fear the Lord and do the work of, of the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, that we will no longer allow uh, perversion to be released into our schools in the name of Jesus. We cover our children now in the blood of Jesus, and we declare and decree by the power of Jesus' name, no weapon formed against them that shall prosper. No matter what the enemy tries to bring forth, we cover our children now in the precious blood of Jesus, and we thank you that their minds will be whole, their bodies will be whole. They will not succumb to to this indoctrination that is being forced on them in Jesus' name, that parents will take their position and teach their children the ways of the Lord, that when these things come towards them, that they will be able to stand up and they will be able to decree the word of God themselves. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you that we are waiting, Lord God, we are waiting for that distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. We know it's coming, Lord. We know it's coming. And it, it, you said, in the day that I act in judgment, and we're waiting on that day, Lord God, because we know that as your children, we will be spared. And you will treat us as your special treasures, Lord God. So we thank you. There is no other name under heaven by which we 
must be saved. And so right now, Father, in Jesus' name, if there's anyone in this place or anyone listening uh, by video that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior, do it now. There's no set prayer. All you have to do is have a heart that cries out for God to say, Father, I, I, I can't do this on my own. Jesus, I need you. I don't know everything that I need to know, but I know that I need you. Please, Lord, come into my heart and help me to live my life in a way that's pleasing to you. And we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What we want to do is just uh, bless both of you guys. This was just an astonishing word. And we want to just thank you right now. Father, we thank you right now for this couple who have had their hands on the plow for many, many years, yes. God, who have plowed up ground that was hard ground, and they've had to get into where it was dry ground. And Father, we thank you for what they have done. They have been steady. They have been after you all their lives, oh God. So we ask right now that you would continue to see the harvest that they have planted years and years and years ago. And even today, Father, the, the seed that they have planted, they will have a harvest from this, from souls that are listening to you, oh God, and that are turning today towards you. Father, we thank you for them. We bless them in the name of Jesus. We bless them in uh, your most holy name, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Abba, Father. Abba, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this couple who have stood for the name of Jesus, Yeshua, like nobody I know. Lord, that they have stood and they have called upon your name in the dark hour when times were tough, when times were hard, when times people were coming against them, turning against them, fighting against them. Lord God, they stood and they have come out victorious in Jesus' name. And we send them out again in Jesus' name to do more in this world than they have ever done, Father God, that they're going to see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ go forth in such a way they have never seen it go Thank forth you, before. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Give them a round of applause. Just give them a hand. Give them some praise. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. All right, God bless you. Go in peace. <laughs>